Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 100. Woohoo! Woo-hoo! <laughs> we actually have done this 100 times. Can you believe that? Can you believe it, Kevin? We've been coming together weekly a hundred times yeah <laughs> we are so good how many and people can say coming. that <laughs> first of all i want to thank our loyal listeners who i know have listened to all 100 episodes thank you so much we love you we wouldn't be able to do this without you we appreciate you and we have prepared a very very special episode for you today all right so episode 100 is titled the secret the secret to creating powerful, <laughs> lasting attraction in your relationship. Okay, so here's the thing. From the day that we started this podcast, I was like, we need to do an episode on this. We need to do an episode on this. And every week, other things would come up, guests would get booked, we'd have new ideas, and we just never did it. Mm-hmm. We've talked about pieces of it here and there scattered throughout, but we've never actually talked about the entire subject. And we've given uh, live presentations and talks on this before, so some of this includes a little bit of that information plus some new stuff. So I think it's going to be a powerful and possibly even slightly triggering to some people episode. Absolutely. But most essential if you want to have lasting passion in your relationship. And a lot of the things are from, you know, from our own relationship. We've been together four and a half years now, coming on to five. And um, we still look at each other and want to have sex and are attracted. So we know that these things work. They absolutely do. And uh, yes, we'll give you all of those tips. We've also talked with other couples who've been together longer than us and who also have kept that going. And so we're giving you all of these different pieces. But before we get started, let's give a big shout out to our sponsor, Power & Mastery. Because if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, and yeah, why wouldn't you, right? Uh, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. And you'll have something whether you want to know how to have harder, stronger erections, last longer in bed, or increase your sexual skills for your pleasure and hers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so. so. So do you know? What the number one passion killing is. And no, it is not poor communication skills, lack of money, your in-laws, lack of time, lack of sex, or even like infidelity. I mean, these things, sure, they can hurt your relationship and they're not good, but they are not the number one passion killing. Are you ready? The number one passion killing is... It is a lack of polarity. Polarity. We're giving you the punchline right up front, and then we're going to spend the rest of the episode explaining what we mean by this. You may have heard the term before. You may think you know what it means, but you probably don't really. So because, And I say that not to demean anybody listening to the show, but just because we've talked about this a lot. We've given talks on it, and, and our experience has been most people are like, oh, wait, wait a minute, that's what you mean? Or wait, oh, oh, okay. So yeah. And even if you understand the word, it's most likely what are the actions that you're doing to keep that word alive, to keep that (laughs) alive. And this is really what the meat of today's show is going to be. So let's start with defining polarity. What do we mean by polarity and what is that? Okay. So the first thing that we need to do is define what polarity isn't. Okay. Then we will define what it actually is. Okay. So, you know that feeling when you meet somebody and you're attracted to them and you feel that energy between the two of you and it's like you just can't wait to be with the person, you can't wait to have sex with them, you crave them when they're not around and then a year and a half to two years later, that's kind of gone and you're just like, eh, whatever. 
That is not polarity. And here's the thing. The reason why we had to define that first is because it gets confused for polarity all the time. That's like the honeymoon phase. That's the kind of falling in love, lots of um, hormonal things that get in place with the oxytocins and the dopamine and all of these things happening in your brain. And a lot of people confuse this attraction and this hormonal shower reaction that happens in the body with polarity. Can polarity create the attraction and makes you want to take your partner's clothes off? Yes. But is that the sign that you're experiencing polarity uh, that from the beginning? No. Yeah. And see, the thing is, you know, having worked with both new couples and couples that have been together for a long time, you can really see that pattern. Mm-hmm. You can see it clearly. And in the beginning, it's nearly impossible to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. It's only over time that you can start to see one wears off and the other one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So do we want to talk about um, Dr. Fred now? Yeah, let's, okay. just, let's talk about him for a minute and just, just to help drive this point home about mm-hmm. what polarity isn't. So this information that we're about to share with you uh, comes from Dr. Fred Knorr. I f- hope I'm pronouncing his name right. It's a, He's a neurologist and author of the book, True Love, How to Use Science and Understand Love. You know, what he says is that movies try to convince us that we'll feel this way forever. But the intense romance has an expiration date for everyone. Expect the passion to last two to three years as at most. And these are his words. And I also want to say that I'm not 100% agreeing with that. Um, I think the passion can last, but it's different. And maybe that's what he means. So don't think that there's no more passion or romance. It just shifts a little bit. That's an important distinction. Not really the focus of what we're talking about today, but a, a, an important distinction to make that it doesn't mean that you're never going to have passion again. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what we're trying to say at all. So he broke it down into four phases of love. And so the number one is what he calls the mate selection. That's all about, well, you're looking for a mate, right? <laughs> so you're like, scouting the world, internet, whatever, looking for somebody that finally can fit that um, perfect hole of yours. And Both fun <laughs> and horribly frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, just a side note on that, um, I made this as a joke to find somebody else who's going to complete you and, and fill that perfect hole of yours because ultimately you want to come from a place where you feel complete and you're not looking for somebody to complete you, that you are whole. You're simply wanting somebody else who's just as whole and holy as you are so that you can have a better relationship that's not dependent and codependent. Yeah, absolutely. You have to come in. If you want your he- relationship to be healthy, you have to come into it being full and whole in yourself. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to number two uh, of his four phases of love. Number two is the one he calls romance and falling in love. And I think that that's the phase we were talking about that Kevin was talking about earlier with kind of like all the different butterflies, the things where you're literally addicted to that partner, right? And then you move on to phase three, and phase three is the falling out of romantic love. And that's probably where most people either separate uh, or divorce. They fail in love because they're falling out of romantic love. Because what kind of bonded them at first, this hormonal shower and chemistry, um, then is no longer there. And that's a trap when you think it's not there, that you've lost something and that the relationship is no longer viable or exciting or whatever that is. And that leads to phase number four, uh, which he calls true love. And this is really that the space that if you decide that your partner is still the right person for you after the passion ends, you're on your way to finding true love. It happens gradually and slowly. You'll usually start to feel it one or two years after the previous phase. Your feelings will just continue to grow deeper over the years, driven by chemicals called nonapeptids. This stage ensures a deep bond between you and your partner. So I find this fascinating, like science explaining kind of like the stages of love. And I want to be clear that the passion doesn't end. It might not be the same as the beginning, but there are ways to bring it back. And this is really what we focus on. Yeah. And 
we do. We spend a lot of time focusing on that. Again, that's not really the focus of this particular episode, but just know that that is absolutely possible. I think we've done some other episodes where we've we've covered a lot of that information about how to bring the passion back. And if yes. not, we will make sure we do another one. So let's go back to our definition. We've given you uh, what polarity is not, the stages of love. Let's now talk about what it is. What is polarity? Aha, uh-huh. okay. See, it was important for us to get that out of the way of what it's not because it's often mistaken. So then, then the question does become, what exactly is it? The way that I always like to begin to approach the definition of what is polarity is if we take the term polarity, right, it's talking about poles. It's really talking about, um, you know, magnets, electrical energy, right? Mm-hmm. So, Like two opposite forces, the poles. Right, two opposite forces, exactly. And so, you know, with magnets, what happens if you try to put two of the same pole together? They actually... Repulse repel. Mm -hmm. They push each other away. Mm -hmm. If you take the two opposite poles and put it together, they stick together. That's how magnets work. That's why one side sticks together and the other side doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody's familiar with magnets, so we don't really have to drive that point home. But the thing is, is it's a perfect analogy for relationships between masculine energies and feminine energies. Mm -hmm. You can think of those masculine and feminine energies as the opposite poles. Mm -hmm. Now, I say opposite poles, I'm saying masculine and feminine energy for a couple of reasons, so I want to define a few things real quick before we get a whole bunch of hate from people. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing I want to say is that, you know, when you think of magnets, people go, it's a positive or a negative. And if you start equating masculinity or femininity with the negative side, instantly somebody gets bent out of shape. And they're like, who are you calling negative? I'm not negative, right? We're not calling anybody negative. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It's a label. We just call one positive negative. Don't think of it in terms of a good thing or a bad thing. It's not that. It's not good or bad. It's just positive, negative, and electrical charge. That's it. Mm-hmm. Second. Oh, do you want to cover the second one? No, oh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Second is we're talking about energies here, masculine and feminine energies. So it may not be specific to a male or a female, right? Because there can be physical males who identify with feminine energy. There may be physical females who identify with masculine energy. One thing that you have probably noticed is if you look at pretty much every same-sex couple, you'll see that one person tends to take the masculine role and one person tends to take the feminine role. I mean, it just does. I don't think they're doing it on purpose. I don't think they're consciously thinking like, I'm going to be the man and I'm going to be the woman. It's just sort of the way that the energy between the two of them naturally sets itself up. And I've observed this many, many times. So, We're not specifically saying it has to be, you know, masculine is always man and feminine is always woman. So we're we're talking about energies here that can be present in any combination of two women together, two men together, a man and a woman together, right? I also want to bring another point here is we have a core energy and it tends to be that women tend to be more, uh, their core feminine energy is feminine and that men, most of men, their core energy is masculine. It doesn't mean that you can't explore the other energy. However, what I've seen is when I am in my masculine, because I can be in my masculine energy, no problem. At the end of the day, I feel tired. I feel overwhelmed or just too much things. It drains me. When I do things that support more of my feminine energy, I have energy. I can keep going. And so you can do either one and you can shift, but there is one energy that tends to be more natural and refueling, energizing, that just works better. Yeah, And this is a good point that you bring up is that we all have both masculine and feminine energies in us. That's mm-hmm. another another thing that people often complain about when you start having this. Yeah, but I can be feminine or I can be masculine or mm-hmm. I can do. Yes, absolutely. You can because we have both of those energies within us. But just like Celine just said, 
there tends to be one that is more dominant. Mm -hmm. There always is. You're either dominant more masculine or you're dominant more feminine. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are exceptions to everything, right? There are undoubtedly some people who feel perfectly even across both, Mm -hmm. but they're not the norm, right? And one of the things is when you talk about a controversial subject, you will always get those people that come to you and want to give you the outlier cases to prove their point, right? They're going to come to you and they're going to say, well, I knew somebody once, my brothers, sisters, cousins, whatever, who was like totally both, you know? And it's like, yes, we understand that can happen, but they are called what, or they are what is called outliers. They're mm-hmm. not the norm, the majority of people. So. And so remember, there's an optimal for you. And our show today is about the secret to creating powerful, lasting attraction in your relationship. So polarity is essential if you want to have long-lasting attraction. That's the bottom line. You can choose to be the feminine energy, the masculine energy, to shift throughout life and stuff like that. But without polarity, there is no long-lasting attraction. Right. So now if we go back to our analogy of the magnets, Mm -hmm. right, what holds two magnets together? How do they stay together? Because you got the opposite poles attracting each other. And I love that analogy so much because... You're right. You can definitely get into your masculine. You you get into your masculine more than I would say get into my feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do we notice when that happens? Uh, cockfighting. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we that's what we call. It. I mean, we're fortunate enough that we don't really have arguments. But what what does happen is when you get very much into your masculine, you start competing with me mm-hmm. and my masculine, right? And this is this is what guys do, right? So if you look at when guys get together, the types of things they do versus when women get together. And again, we're talking generalities here, so don't bite our heads off. But when men get together, what do they want to do? They want to go primarily do competitive things, right? Mm-hmm. And even if they're just sitting around drinking a beer and telling stories, what do they do? I'm going to outdo your story with my story because my story is even cooler than your story, right? We're, we're, we're competitive in nature, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas women, when they get together in groups, they tend to be more collaborative mm-hmm. in nature. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is when you, when you get two masculine polarities together like that... They butt heads. They butt heads. Mm-hmm. They butt heads. And they mm-hmm. start like, you know, second guessing each other and trying to tell the other one what to do and competing for, you know, everything. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're exhausted because you had to fight all day long and you're not attracted towards one another. The last thing on your mind is having sex. You just kind of want to be left alone. Basically be in your cave and be like, don't talk to me. Talk to the hand. <laughs> Exactly. Now, but let's talk about the other side of that. Mm -hmm. What happens when two female energies get together? Um, I think it's something different can happen is that you get into the emotional of things and let's process and let's talk into length into this big emotional journey that we're undertaking all together during this lifetime. And then we have more processing to do, you know, and more on top of that, you know, and it's exhausting. It is. And, and what you'll notice tends to happen is you don't really get anywhere with mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're now you're at the opposite. See, with the two masculines, they come together, they're trying to outcompete each other to, to get to some sort of, you know, destination or outcome. But when you get the two female energies together, now you got two people who are just sitting there in their story, you know, going around and around, talking, 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 but never actually really come to any sort of conclusion, direction, outcome, mm-hmm. right? And what's beautiful is, I know some people are thinking when they're listening to that going, oh, like two women can't make a decision. Of course they can. Of course <laughs> they can. Yes, of course they can, <laughs> Right. Again, we're talking generalities, but we're, we're talking about how the energies tend to coexist mm-hmm. with each other. So I want to bring up an example to drive this home to you listening. For all our women listeners right now, how many times have you said, I wish he would open up emotionally to me if only my partner could be a little bit more emotional or you want to find your next partner to be this emotional guy that you dream is going to be the um, holy grail of all mans, right? When you finally get to experience that, you have a man who sits down with you and starts to open up emotionally. For the first few minutes, you're like, this is great. 
within five minutes of this, you're like, holy moly, can he finally shut up so we can move on and continue <laughs> to something else? These are the exact words that we've heard numerous times from numerous female mm-hmm. friends who have acknowledged that. You think you want that emotional, you want an emotional connection. We're not saying men can't talk about their emotions. What we're talking about is the person who wallows in their emotions and is constantly into that process. Um, she will look at him and no longer be attracted. And what happens is once the man steps down, um, the woman usually by default will step it up and step into her masculine. Because we women are very, very good at doing that. We pick up the slacks, we step into our masculine, Mm -hmm. and this is how everything gets out of balance. That's a fascinating thing. I want to talk about that, and then I want to bring another story to help illustrate this. But, but what you just said is I find fascinating, because here's the thing. If, if you have two people that are very masculine in energies, mm-hmm. and the, it's pretty rare, it happens, because there are definitely reverse polarity couples, but like if you have a guy who's genuinely very masculine, and you have a woman who's also very masculine... The man doesn't tend to then go into his feminine. They mm-hmm. just tend to butt heads and fight constantly, mm-hmm. right? But in the scenario where you have two very feminine, the woman will often, I would say the majority oh, yes. of the time, step up into masculine and be like, I'm going to get shit done. Mm-hmm. He's not stepping up. He's not doing it. I'm going to. And mm-hmm. we see that a lot. So needless to say that in neither one of these scenarios, there, there's no passion that lasts. You're not creating this this polarity, this attraction, and the passion for a long time. Yeah, and I want to give one more story to help illustrate that. So recently, a friend of ours, um, she's a single mom, she's got two kids, her husband died a few years ago, and her son now is of that age where he's he's just graduating high school, and he's like really stepping into his masculine, and he doesn't have a really strong masculine figure in his life. It's not his fault. It's not anybody's fault. It's just, you know, shit happens in life, right? Mm-hmm. So she asked me if I would take him to a shooting range. And I thought, yeah, absolutely. I would, I'd love to be there and, and help him. And God, it was something he was interested in doing. He kept asking her over and over and over again. So I'm like, he needs a strong male figure. Mm-hmm. So I take them to the shooting range. I'm teaching him. And, uh, you know, while he's uh, practicing after, you know, we did a whole class and lesson and all that, I'm just having a conversation with her while we're observing him. And she was kind of surprised because of the community around here, like shooting isn't necessarily considered uh, something that a lot of people would be okay with. We live in California. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Need, <laughs> n- need we say any more? <laughs> so she was just asking me about that, and I kind of have started having a conversation with her about you know masculinity and what that means. And I, you don't need to shoot guns to be masculine, but it's just talking about some ways in which I uh, sort of express my masculinity. And in that conversation, I actually said to her something along the lines of what we're talking about. I mentioned to her the fact that when a guy doesn't embrace masculinity, that he's not really attractive, that if Mm -hmm. he spends too much time wallowing in his emotions and not being strong and stepping up and all that. And what's funny is her reaction. Now, honestly, I had no idea how she was going to react to this. She could have been like, you are completely full of shit. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really don't know. She, she sat there, she shook her head up and down to everything I was saying, and she goes, you know what? I hate to admit it, but you're absolutely right. She's like, I totally lose attraction for guys when they do that. Mm. That's powerful. So let's do a quick recap here. So now what we, we've been talking about polarity, we know it's the force of attraction between the masculine and feminine energy. It's a magnetic current that runs between the two beings and makes sex super potent. You know, it's one element. Sex is, is quite quite important in a relationship. Remember that gender doesn't dictate whether you should be masculine or feminine. Uh, usually it's, it does mean you're one or the other, but you can shift, right? Uh, whether you're homosexual, heterosexual, bisexual, I mean, without polarity, your relationship will dry up in the long run. Um, 
one of the things that people have used to describe polarity is that, oh, one is active and one is passive because you have like the penetration one and the reception one. And I want to say reframe is that both of these are active roles. There's not one that's superior or not or positive, negative, like what Kevin was saying. Those are both active roles, whether you are the receptor or the giver or the penetrator in that sense, right? We've got to stop associating good and bad Yes. With positive, negative, active, passive, or any of those other things. Absolutely. This is really important. If that's one thing you're taking from today's show, that should be it. And really, if we were to boil down to one word for each one of these masculine, feminine energy polarity, it would come down to presence for the masculine and radiance for the feminine. Yeah, those are cool words. And um, and I think like these really work when you think about it. What most women want in a man is a man who can be present, who have presence. It's a number one traits that every woman wants. We've done surveys, we've asked people everywhere. Radiance is really what men are attracted to towards women and not just men, even women. What do you see when you see, it's not youth, it's the radiance that comes that we mostly associate with youth, but you can have it even in your later years. So this is really important to know. So um, now we're going to get into, you know, how polarity shows up and, and things to do. Like, like, I think we have like nine different ways to, um, to do, to increase the polarity. Uh, but before that, we want to invite you into our platinum program. Um, so if you're longing for deeper levels of sexuality, coupled with emotional intimacy, spirituality, and just true connection, then our sexual power and passion VIP program is for you. This next level intimacy coaching for the modern couple is designed to help you bring the passion back between the sheets and beyond. Um, this 90 day program is truly for the couple that does not want to live a life of average and wants to be synced up sexually so that they can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. And yes, polarity is a big thing in that. So you can find more about our platinum program at celineremy.com forward slash passion. We'd love to support you and we'd love to get on a call with you. So go to celineremy.com forward slash passion. So here's the thing. I know we're pretty deep into this episode already and we still have a lot to go. We generally try to keep our episodes a certain length, but I'm suggesting right now, in this moment, that since this is our 100th episode, (laughs) that if we go a little longer than we usually do, so be it. (laughs) We will see. Um, I agree. It's so important. We have to give that. Yeah. So let's start talking a little bit about um, how does the lack of polarity show up? So if you don't have polarity, what happens in your relationship? Yeah. So it's all great. Everything that we've talked about, it's important information, but like when the rubber hits the road, how do you know if you have polarity and you don't have polarity? We've already explained that it's not that chemical rush that you get at the beginning of a new relationship. Mm So if it's not that, then how do we know? Well, there's signs, there's things that you can look for. So first, let's talk about um, how a lack of polarity manifests. Mm-hmm. So you can see if you are experiencing that. Yeah. So um, number one is... Um, it's bored or frustrated with your sex life. So your sex life basically becomes dull. Mm-hmm. You don't have that passion anymore. You don't look at each other like ravenous animals that you just want to tear each other apart, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> and let's be clear, we don't do that every day, but we still have our moments. Oh, I look at you like that every day. Every day, oh, really? Yeah. Even if I don't act on it every day. Oh, that's hot. Mm. <laughs> pursue me, pursue me. I'm uh-huh, loving this. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blushing. If you're watching this video, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Is when you're stuck kind of in what we call the friend zones. You know, when you're like, like more like roommates than anything else or like besties. we best friends and we do everything together but have sex. I'm so glad that we put this on the list because so many times people say, I don't understand why I'm always in the friend zone. Mm -hmm. This is why you're in the friend zone Mm -hmm. because you have not cultivated a polarity with this person that you want to be with. Mm -hmm. And this happens also in long-term relationships. And we've had numerous couples that came to us saying like, we're best friends. And they come to us because they no longer have that polarity in the bedroom. And like, we want to bring that back. We have the love, we have the friendships, we're just massive 
not missing that attraction and passion. Yeah, but you know, in those situations, if you really dig down and you go all the way back through the history of their relationship, you almost every time learn that they never actually had polarity. Mm -hmm. What they had was that chemical attraction in the beginning that wore off and then it was gone. Mm -hmm. And then it was X number of years later that they finally decided to do something about it Mm -hmm. and try to build some actual polarity. Another sign that you're experiencing a lack of polarity is when you don't get your needs met and you're constantly thinking that you're not getting what you need. You're not getting what you want. Like there's this like, it's not enough. It's not working. I'm not getting what I need. But here's the thing. So when when we say not getting your needs met, the first thing most people probably think of is their sexual needs. (laughs) I'm not getting enough sex, enough blowjobs, enough cunnilingus, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. That could be what we're talking about. It's a part of it, but not necessarily. You see, in any type of relationship, or should we say partnership, just to help illustrate what we're talking about here, you have things that you need to help each other with, Mm -hmm. right? And one of the things about polarity is that there are certain roles that men tend to gravitate towards and certain roles that women tend to gravitate towards. And the thing is, they're not locked in stone, right? So it's not like the man always has to do the stinky trash or the woman always has to do the cooking. No, that that's not it. But you will notice if you pay attention that you do tend to gravitate towards certain tasks or it's like, um, some uh, Rano and Sierra, who we actually had on this show, they talk about a thing called keeper roles, mm-hmm. right? Where they've decided that they would take responsibility. Each one of them would keep certain responsibilities in the relationship. So that's their role. They're the keeper of making sure they get places on time or they're the keeper of, you know, the house or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? And you'll notice that you tend to gravitate towards certain roles, Now, (laughs) Selena and I, we laugh, we joke all the time because the roles that we just naturally gravitate towards are exactly your stereotypical male, female roles. Mm -hmm. We don't do that on purpose. We're not like, well, that's because what I'm supposed to do and that's what she's supposed to do. It's actually what we enjoy. Yes, what makes us happy, how we can de-stress. Exactly. So, you know, we laugh because on a weekend... I'll be like, you know, in the garage, uh, you know, sanding down the rusty uh, um, table on the back porch and refinishing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually enjoying that. It's like, it's like you said, it's stress relief for me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, I'm happy to be out here or, you know, building something out of wood for the garden or fixing the hole in the drywall or whatever. I actually enjoy that kind of stuff. Whereas you could do it. You could Mm -hmm. absolutely do it. But you don't really like doing it. Like your idea of a relaxing Saturday is not necessarily to be fixing holes in drywall, you know? I just say, let's just say I prefer to wear my pink apron and bake cookies and, uh, you know, come up with new recipes that I could try out. That's more fun to me. Right. So why do we bring all of this up? Well, because we're talking about not getting your needs met. And by, by needs, what we see a lot in relationship is... If a woman would rather be wearing her pink apron and making sure that she uh, is making a great meal for lunchtime, Mm -hmm. but things need to be done, like the, the, the door doesn't work, the hole is in the drywall, the table is rusty, and she's cut her toe on it the last time they were having lunch on it, and those things need to be done... If he's not stepping up and doing those things, she's going to feel like she's not getting the support in the relationship that she needs. Mm-hmm. Yes. And vice versa. It can go the other way, too. And this will erode the relationship, obviously. Um, and so another thing that you can know is if you start having things like, oh, I wish uh, I wish my man would step up more, you know? So if you have this, this kind of thoughts. I wish he would take charge. Mm-hmm. I wish he would make some decisions. I wish he would do things without me having to ask him to do them. Exactly. Or if you're thinking, if only my woman would just like give, show me more respect, like treat me like a king, tell me that I'm, 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 that she loves me, that I'm great, I'm doing a good job, I'm a provider, like acknowledging that side. And recognizing all the times he does step mm-hmm. up rather than just... Just criticizing all the times that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're going through life really busy, you know, all the time, you don't have time to connect, that's another time you're like you're not cultivating that polarity. 
Or if you start to treat your relationship more as a corporation, a business entity, <laughs> rather than a relationship that you cultivate. Yeah, now see, the, the thing is... Uh, how those last two that, that you just read, some people might be thinking, well, how does that really mean lack of polarity? It means lack of polarity because if you had the polarity, you would make it a priority mm-hmm. to spend time to do those things. No matter how busy you are, when that polarity is there, that attraction is there, it's on your mind. And you're going, I know I got a lot of stuff to do, mm-hmm. but I this need to make essential. time for this because, yeah, this is essential. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So now let's get into how polarity shows up because... Hey, let's get to like the juicy stuff now. Oh, yes. Okay. So the first one is one that I really like to talk about a lot. And it's we kind of already sort of talked about it a little bit. But it's what what I call equity, not equality. And so what does that mean exactly? Well, in an equality type relationship, it means that I take out the trash, you know, 50% of the 50% time, 50% of the time, <laughs> and you take it out 50% of the time. You do 50% of the cooking, I do 50% of the cooking, and everything is divided half and half. It's like, you know, uh, you're going to clean half the house, I'm going to clean the other half of the house. In theory, it sounds great, but it doesn't cultivate polarity, and it doesn't actually meet both persons' needs to do it that way. Now, if it's completely lopsided and one person or the other is not stepping up, it's going to seem like a good idea because it's like, well, somehow I got to get those needs met. Mm-hmm. But the reality is what you want to strive for is equity. And with equity, it simply means that both people are pulling their own weight, so to speak, but they're not necessarily doing all the same things, right? So equity might mean that... Uh, you cook the meals, but I do the dishes, mm-hmm. right? So that you don't have to do all of the work. Absolutely. And so what that creates is a sense that you're both contributing equally, in a sense, uh, into the relationship. So uh, there's no frustration here that's being built up. You have a sense of like, wow, we all doing, contributing in, in a way that um, contributes to the relationship. And, and you're contributing in ways where you're best utilizing your skills, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty decent cook. Like, I can cook stuff. I cooked stuff for many years before you and I were <laughs> together. <laughs> and you even said some of them were good. <laughs> but I'm not as good of a cook as you are. Mm-hmm. You're far more creative. You do far more nuance in spices and flavors and things like that. Yeah, we would be eating the same three things over and over if you were the cook. Well, I probably would have expanded by now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, is, is that in an, in an equitable situation, you utilize the strengths and talents of each person, right? So, it, you know, if we said we're just going to make it equal and you're going to do half the meals, I'm going to do half the meals. Well, half the meals would be really good and half the meals would only be so-so, <laughs> right? But instead, you do most of the meals. Mm-hmm. I still do a few here and there. And I do most of the dishes mm-hmm. <laughs> and Absolutely. clean up afterwards. So another way uh, about how polarity shows up, you know, you have polarity when sexual attraction lasts through the years. Oh, yes. Nice. That's how you tell it's not just those early chemicals. Mm-hmm. When you still have that attraction past the two, three, four, five, ten years and beyond mark, you know that you've got polarity. Mm-hmm. So I really want to share this with you here, is that you must intentionally cultivate the differences in your relationship in order to have polarity. I know it sounds simple, but in our experience, this will not happen accidentally. You must create it. So cultivating those differences that Kevin was talking about. So if you have these in your relationship that you are cultivating differences, but yet finding ways to come together, you have polarity. Mm-hmm. All right. And, you know, I, I just threw this on the end, like how does polarity show up? Because I just thought it was an important point to make. We spend so much time in our society focusing on differences but we do it for the wrong reasons. We focus on how the differences divide us. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I would love to reframe for society 
is that in many cases, these differences are actually what make us stronger. Mm-hmm. And in, a, in, the, in the case of a relationship, I really feel that's true. Now, obviously, there are some differences that if, they're, if you have differences on fundamental core values and things like that, that's different. But what we're talking about here is the differences between what, what makes me a man, a masculine man, and what makes you a feminine woman. Mm -hmm. Those differences are actually what make us stronger because Mm -hmm. we can leverage the, the, um, the, the power of each one of those, Mm -hmm. the, the strengths of each one of those things can come together. Absolutely. And that's when you become a power couple. And Mm -hmm. this is what we teach you. So we are going to give you nine ways that things you can do if you don't have polarity or if you have low polarity. So very quickly, you know, basically if you have no polarity, you're basically having, uh, you you friends, you know, you're not really having sex. If you have like a medium type, like polarity, you might have some like attraction, uh, but it's, it's a lot of work. It's, it's not really flowing easily. If you have high polarity, you are constantly attracted to each other and you're in supportive relationship. And, Congratulations is that's you, but you also know that those are not happening by accident and it's all the things that you do to create that. And so even if you are in the third category where you already have nice polarity, you want to know exactly the things that you can do to continue cultivating it. Because mm-hmm. just like a plant, if you stop watering it, it will die. It will not survive. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's just an important point to make that you can cultivate it. Mm-hmm. It's not a, oops, we have it or we don't. <laughs> Damn it. You know, you can cultivate it. Mm-hmm. Now, the question that you might want to ask yourself at some point is if it takes so much work, so much effort when you're exhausted by constantly trying to create this polarity, you might want to consider whether or not this is the right relationship for you. But you can still create it. You can still do it. You can work on it. You can make it stronger. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's start with our number one. Work out hard for you. <laughs> if you're a guy, you know, working out, cultivating your masculine strength, your masculine power. And for women, yes, develop some of your strength too, but also focus on the aspect that's more um creative, like dancing or something that um, maybe is more flowy. And I think it's really important to have that balance because I think having the strength is awesome, but also having the grace and the charm. Yeah. So basically what it is, is do things that cultivate what your dominant energy is. Mm -hmm. So if you're dominantly a masculine man, go do things that cultivate that masculinity. So I just went to a women's circle and what did the women ask? We were in the circle and they were like, we went around and everyone had a chance to say, what do I need? What do I want from my sisters? Everyone pretty much was like, I just want touch or lay down, have my hair stroked. I just want to be heard, have a shoulder to cry on. That's the kind of request you get when you're in a women's circle, you know. If that was a man, a real man circle, it wouldn't be a circle, but a real man gathering, it'd be more like, yeah, let's go on an adventure. Let's go climb up this mountain and bond over that. Or let's just sit and have a couple beers while we talk about like, anything on our mind, you know, um, that would be very different requests what guys need. Most guys are like, I just need more guy time doing physical stuff. Yeah. And so if, if that's what you need, go do it. Mm-hmm. Get into your masculine on a regular basis and cultivate that energy. If you're a woman, do things that, that allow you to drop into your feminine. And there's not one size fit all. And no. this is what we've been saying. It's what works for you. What makes you feel feminine? Mm-hmm. Hey, if riding a, a bike makes you feel feminine, then do it. Like, I don't yeah. care what it is. It's about how you feel when you're doing it and also afterwards. Mm-hmm. Number two. Praise and acknowledge her beauty and sexuality for the female part, you know, just more about like her, yeah, the beauty part, like see her, she wants to be seen. Oh, she does. And um, for the masculine, grab his cock and make him your hero, right? Um, So again, it's just um, really seeing each each uh, energy here, what do they need most? Like both like to be seen and appreciated, but in the way that it shows up for the feminine, it has more to do with her beauty. And for the guy, it's more to do about his, uh, what he does or through his cock. Absolutely. 
Number three is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's power play. So power play uh, is generally a term used for, you know, play in the bedroom, mm-hmm. but it's where you actually play with these masculine and feminine energies. So that can show up in a lot of different ways. It could be like, uh, pursue me, run after me in the bedroom until you pin me down on the bed and have your way with me. Yeah, that's that's a good one. <laughs> um, it could be like... Should I give you a head start? <laughs> We're not quite done there. We promised them nine things, Kevin. So hold <laughs> on, right, hold right. on. Uh, it could be like, um, I'm going to pretend I'm, I don't know, I'm the seductress. And like playing with that energy and the, and you're trying to charm the guy. Like it, really like you just can play with these. Yeah. You know? So here's the cool thing about power play. And this is why I like it on the list is because sometimes as a guy, maybe you're afraid of being too masculine. You, you, you don't mm-hmm. want to be the dictator. You don't want to be, you know, imposing or maybe in the woman, you don't want to be seen as too soft or whatever it is. Power play gives you the opportunity to try it on in a safe environment. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm, this is, we have an agreement mm-hmm. that we're just going to do this for this time frame, for this moment, and we're going to try it, right? Mm-hmm. So then you get, to, you get to put on your super suit mm-hmm. and try it out, right? It gives you permission to do that. I love it. Number four, uh, you want to focus on nicknames that are bringing the sexiness. So really drop the cutesy things, you know, all the, oh, babe. I mean, well, babe can be cute. You don't want to fuck a baby. You just don't unless you're sick. Uh, But we don't have to go there. Uh, But find names that invite like a stud, handsome, or like sexy, beauty, uh, domestic goddess, like whatever that is. This is one we see a lot where women give guys little nicknames like, oh, he's such a cute little whatever. or Mm -hmm. He's my little cutie bear. Yeah. and And even some of them. I don't. I can't. I'm drawing a blank right now, <laughs> off the top of my head, of some of the ones that we've heard recently, because yeah. we did hear a couple recently. We're like what? <laughs> but but basically, it was women giving nicknames to men that basically make them like their child. Oh uh, yes. It, it brings in that mother son dynamic, and it's horrible for relationships. Mm. So you want to remember like nicknames that makes you feel like hot and sexy. And it, I mean, like say when you call your husband or boyfriend a stud, it's much nicer than my teddy bear. I mean, it to me, like there's so much more that gets activated in my body. So think yeah. about that. You want to cuddle with a teddy bear? Yes. You, you want to get fucked proper by a stud. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Play with appreciation. I'm doing this because it's like, you know, it's kind of my game. That's why I went straight for number five. Absolutely, no problem. Uh, We've talked about this one so many times on the show. If you've listened to this show, uh, you've heard about our appreciation game, which is all about appreciating like three things that you love about your partner. And so when you do that, you're focusing on the positive. You're focusing on seeing them fully. All this type of thing will increase the polarity. Absolutely. Number six... The starving lion. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I think one day I just said to you, I was like, I look at you like a starving lion staring at a piece of meat, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but don't get offended. I don't see her as just a piece of meat. <laughs> but the idea is that that desire, that mm-hmm. level of desire, mm-hmm. like you're starving and you look over that person, you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I want. Yes. So as a guy, if you can bring that in the bedroom, uh, that will go a long way in you stepping up your game and her like really... Uh, if you do it well, she feels it. She oh, doesn't yeah. just see it. She's oh, not yeah. seeing you pretending. If you do it well, she feels the energy of it and it mm-hmm. absolutely turns her on. Mm-hmm. Number seven uh, is about finding ways to play play game. A lot of trap that people get stuck in is we just communicate and talk, talk, talk a lot. But then we forget to really like have fun with each other. So ask each other questions, make up questions, you know, what dreams have you not yet realized in your life? Or what are you most proud of? Or what do you love most about yourself? Like this type of questions. And this will also create like you'll see the places where 
where you align as well as places where you're different. And remember what we've said, the polarity comes from creating a difference. And mm-hmm. that will help create that and go beyond just the surfacey, talky uh, noise that we get stuck in. So play this type of games and have fun with that. All right. Number eight, go on vacation or take a week off. Oh, do we need to say more? <laughs> do we really need to expand on that? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but anytime we go on vacation, we have more sex because we're more relaxed. Like anytime you can reduce your stress level, you will also feel more uh, sexual and that will help to cultivate that polarity. You'll stop snapping at each other. You'll be kinder towards one another. I mean, so many things. Unplug, just unplug, even just for a weekend. It will do your relationship Definitely. so much good. I would add to that too that it's okay to take little mini vacations on your own yes to create that sense of longing like Mm -hmm. ooh, i haven't seen you in two days i'm missing you absolutely so go on a guy's weekend or girl's night or girl's free day events or whatever that is but cultivate that recharge Mm -hmm. yourself and then come back to the relationship Mm -hmm. number nine Spark your sense of adventure and creativity. And this is essential, essential, essential to do fun things together. Again, also what's awesome about going on adventures is that usually our natural responses kick in. So Kevin will lead the way or do something or help me on something that was difficult. And, you know, it creates, again, that's that dynamic, that, that polarity. And when you focus on creativity and fun, you again bring in more of that uh, playfulness, creative sexual energy that ripples in everything that you do. Absolutely. Well, we covered a lot of ground. This is officially our longest episode ever, but it's episode 100. 100, 100. (laughs) We are so glad that you stuck with us to the end. Congratulations. We hope that this episode was helpful. A lot of people has asked us to make a whole show on it. So this is it. Uh, Listen to it again and put everything in practice because having polarity will make a lasting um, attraction forever it in your will relationship. Change, it'll literally change your life. Mm-hmm. If you can get this part down, your relationships will be transformed forever. And if you need help with it, reach out to us. We can help you identify where the polarity is at and how to fix it and everything else. I'm telling you, it will transform your life. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode. And we will see you on the other side of 100. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>